Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly, and this is Shauna Danberg, and you have joined the Don't Mess With Our Kids podcast hosted by Her Voice Movement. You know what? There are a lot of women, all the way from teenagers up to grandmothers, which is you, Shauna. You're a grandmother of five, which is incredible. But there are mama bears that have said they've had enough because the attack on our kids has gone too far in this nation, and we're just not going to do this anymore. We are putting a stop to this. And God is calling women of every age and every stage of life to come and join this movement. This is a grassroots movement. And there's a couple ways that you can engage. The first way would be to simply share this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to it, get the notifications, and share it with people you know. Also, we are wanting you to put on your calendar April 13th, 2024, where we're going to invite you and your family to stand, come pray at your state capitol all 50 states in one day, April 13th, 2024. That's going to be huge. It's going to make a mark. It's going to make a difference. And then in the fall of 2024, there'll be a historical day. It'll be talked about for decades. And I believe it will change things in a most positive direction. A lot of things will happen after this, but 1 million women, that's a big number, 1 million women and their families together, praying, fasting, and standing in Washington, D.C. in the fall of 2024. So the purpose of this podcast is for awareness and education on what's really happening, also to pray together and to put action to our prayers to see America turn back to God. So we're so happy you're here with us. We have our second episode today with Christian Rosas. Make sure that you catch the first episode if you did not hear it. It was absolutely amazing. We're going to jump straight in to some questions that we felt were very important to ask him. The first set was incredible. So Christian, thank you so much for being with us again. We appreciate you. And as promised, we're going to jump into that question for you. One of the things that you had stated, now I do want to back up and say this, Don't Mess With Our Kids was a movement that he started with a group of people in 2016 in Peru. So he's joining us from Lima, Peru. So this movement took hold. They had a groundswell of millions of people standing in the streets. It overflowed into countries surrounding Peru. They were able to see such tremendous change in their country. It inspired us so much that we said, sign us up, (laughs) sign us up for that. We're We're just a couple of bombs, a grandmother. We love Jesus. We love our kids and we don't want to lay down and do nothing about it. And we want to invite every woman in America who would just you know, to say we're in, join this movement. So Christian, you are incredible. What you, what you were able to rally together in Peru is so inspiring and we're so thankful for it. Here is the question where we left off in our last episode. The question was, you started talking to us about terms. Now, when you first said that, I was like, wait, wait, what is he talking about? What do you mean terms? And what you explained from that point, just, I mean, I've never heard anything like it, but you said that the terms or the vocabulary words, the language that is coming out to indoctrinate our kids is dangerous, not just because they are terms that are made up and ridiculous. Right. Like what is cisgender? What is, you know, Mm -hmm. binary? What, I mean, all these terms, I can't, I can't personally keep up with it for sure. But you are saying that if we use the terms, we actually are coming into the lie right? We're agreeing with a lie and we're not going to be able to uh, fight this in a spiritual way if we use the terms. Can you talk about how these terms 
have to be uh, scratched off our list and we don't use the terms, we don't agree with the terms, and we don't allow the terms to be taught in our schools. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, thank you very much, Jenny and Shauna. It's always good to be with you. Uh, I was sharing that this is called philology, which is the study of words, you know, and etymology, it's meaning, you know, and the way it affects the brain, you know, semantically, the meaning and the syntaxis, the logical reaction you have when you hear a word, you know, is a, is, is a whole science, you know, and should be addressed and should be understood as something relevant. For example, at the beginning, you said how to bring our nation back to God, right? Now, let me quote John 1 that says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when we're fighting to stop using terms which describes concepts, ideological concepts, and bring our education back to the words that describes reality is actually bringing our nation back to God. Because wow. the word is God. So that's why the Lord revealed himself also as being the word. Because words describe reality. And this reality can be proven, you know. For example, when we say men and women, male mm -hmm female if we would say this in biological terms will be x y x x you know if right. we go to anthropology you know forensic anthropology is through the bones that we will also discover male and female we take one hair dna it's going to still be male and female so the word describes a reality that has been constituted and established in our nature and cannot be changed so every time we see a bathroom that says men with a sign that says men and a bathroom that has a sign that says woman, we're repeating the word that was said from the very beginning of creation. Okay, that dominion of the word in our common life is and will always be challenged, saying that's not truth and will be challenged by a term saying, you are not a man, you could be a gender, and mm. you have all these options. So it's replacing the word which describes reality and truth, that is self-evident, and that it can be proven, and it's changing that for terms that describes concepts and made-up ideas, and to make these equally standing in legal terms and political terms. But a lie cannot stand next to the truth because right. the truth pushes out the lies. So finally, is the dominion of the, of, of, of the way of thinking? Because mm. if we relinquish this field to the terms, it means the truth. And finally, the word is retreating. Wow. And the word cannot retreat. The word must be stated once, okay. twice, thrice, every day. So there's a phrase that says, he who sets the terms wins the debate. So if we adopt the terminology that is born out of an ideology, we will never win because we will be borrowing 
their tools to fight against them. It's impossible to win like that. We must use our own words. Words must challenge the terms. For example, uh, and, and during the Hitler era, there's a city in Germany called Nuremberg, and there was a thing called the Nuremberg Laws that were established during Hitler's regime. While he was in power, they introduced this term called Mischlings, which mm. meant hybrids, you know, people that racially were not pure and that they were mixed. And they classified them in fourth degrees, first degree, second degree, third degree, which meant if you had four grandparents Jews, three grandparents that were Jewish, two grandparents that were Jewish. So if you had two, three or four, you had to go to the Holocaust. And you wow. only, if you only had one, you were a minor Michelin, meaning a minor hybrid, okay? This became law. Wow. And it was a way to classify people. But these were actually terms made up to describe the way this ideology perceived humankind. Just Christian. like, just one minute, Sean, I don't want to finish this analogy. Yeah, no, go ahead. Just like the term Neanderthal, you know, that said that we have evolved from, you know, the ape and the monkey, you know. Yes. It's not just a theory, you know. In Europe, they had human zoos where they had pygmies from Africa and natives from the Amazon standing next to apes and monkeys. And you had children just 75 years ago in Europe going to the human zoos and throwing them bananas because they were teaching them that they were not humans, but they were almost human. They were not involved wow. yet. All of that was possible because they used terms to make us imagine that there's actually degrees of evolution. They used terms to say that there were such thing as Michelin's hybrids. Now they're using terms to say your, your identity is not male and female. You can be cisgender, you know, and whatever all the genders are made up, you know. So the only way to fight the terms which are made up theories and made up interpretations, which are blunt lies is by employing the word because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Mm -hmm. So word logos in Greek is what stands against the terms. Yeah. So mm. we have a point fight forever, you know? Go ahead, wow. Sean. Well, I, I have the feeling I, I know the answer, but I want to hear from your perspective, just to kind of bring this down to what someone might be dealing with, right? Where maybe they have a child that wants to be called a boy when they're a girl, something like that. So what would you suggest for that person? Or maybe yeah. you are an, a librarian. I have a friend who's a librarian at a local high school, and she has students that are wanting her to call them a different pronoun, but she's a Christian. So what do you suggest? How do you, how do you, is it just as simple as, but you're not a boy, you're a girl. And so I'm, you know, like, how do you do that when it comes to relationships and people that are close to you? That's a great question, Shana, because that's the moment when a person actually decides to exist or decides to not exist. You know, our existence is based 
on a mindset, the mind of Christ, which is we are witness to the truth, you know? But if we, you know, inactivate that within us, if we decide not to know what we know, yeah. and if we decide to comply with a lie, even though it might seem inoffensive, we're actually committing, in a sense, moral suicide and a spiritual death, you know? because we are not willing to use the mouth given by the creator to, to establish and to pronounce the truth, but we're giving in. And the reason, the question becomes why, okay? And this is a self-critic moment, okay? Why would people have to follow a lie? Because they wanna keep their job, because they don't wanna get in trouble, because they don't wanna be labeled as extremists. Why? Because then they ask themselves, who's gonna fire for me? Who's gonna feed my children? Who's... And, and now comes the moment when a person must remember the words of Christ that says, if you give up your life for me, you will win it. But if you try to keep your life, you will lose it. There you we're, go. Living, we're living that moment, you know? And that's a challenge, oh not just for the librarian, but also for the surgeon, for the nurse, for the physician, for the police officer, even for the pastors. Yeah. I mean, it is a challenge for everyone. We're currently under a test. Mm -hmm. No. Well, and I think sometimes they, they're worried about losing their job or getting themselves in trouble. But I think sometimes they're thinking, if I don't use their pronoun, their preferred pronoun, they're not even going to have a relationship with me. And so I can't share the gospel with them. So they kind of figure out these Christian ways to, to, to lie, right? But I think that what what I know to be true is that I've listened to podcasts where people who were in the LGBTQ lifestyle and their parents didn't agree. They didn't agree with 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 what they were saying. They said they and then they came out of it. They say, if my parents would have agreed, I know for sure I wouldn't be out today. Like it was so important for their loved ones to actually not come into agreement. And so I think that we have to hear those kinds of stories too. Yes, of course, because look, every lie has an expiration date. The truth doesn't have an expiration date. You know, a person can be trapped in a lie for certain weeks, months, perhaps even years, but eventually it will have an expiration date. But if a person remains in the truth and the truth remains in him or her, Nothing is impossible, just like it's stated, you know. So it is challenging for Christians to actually live up to what they believe or what they say they believe. So it's an existential test for Christianity because this ideology cannot coexist with Christianity. It is completely the opposite, you know. And challenges similar to these have happened before. You know, when we read in the Bible, different stories, like the stories of Daniel and Daniel and his friends and Esther, there's always this quote that says, a decree was given to every people, nation, and tongue. You know, these, these three characteristics, people, nations, and tongue, which is the same as saying now through the UN, you know. And then they ask something that God forbids, or they forbid something that God commands. For example, in the case of the three friends of Daniel, you know, they were demanding people to bow down, which would have meant for the friends of Daniel to betray their Lord. 
and they decide not to comply, you know. And that's where civil disobedience comes from, from the Bible, you know. Why? Because we measure justice not from a legal standpoint, but from a justice standpoint. We go profound and we ask ourselves, is this just? Is this truthful? Is this right? These questions are raised by the Holy Spirit within us. These questions are not raised by the mind. The mind says, be chill, don't get in trouble, follow along, get your paycheck, live your life. That's your mind, because it's convenient to do so. You gain no trouble. But the spirit replies and said, wait a minute, even though it's legal to bow down your knees, is this just, is this truthful? And then there comes the challenge within us. The two sides inside of us go into a fight. And, and finally, the winner is who you're going to be acting as. So if your spirit is strong, you will not comply. And that will become immediately a scandal. But let the scandal arise. Yeah. Because if it's for the truth's sake, let it be. You know, we had our Lord Jesus who always answered questions. He never ran away from a question, never. That's why the Pharisees, every time they try harder and harder to make him fall, and he never ran away. He straight up answered the questions right in their faces. They even asked them, you tell me, you tell me, you know? He was straight up. Our Lord was never a coward, you know, because he meant to set an example for us. We must, we must strive to grow in his likeness, and it's not easy. Believe me, there were times when I asked myself, okay, how far am I willing to actually live this up to, you know? I mean, what's going to take for me to cool and chill down, you know? But I understood that nothing could chill me down because the moment I chill down or I relax was the moment I quit it, you know? So we're forbid, forbidden to surrender. Why? Because we have the conqueror within us. So that law must be repealed. And that's what encourages us. And in Peru, we repeal these laws. So wow. the legal clause, we're not able to grasp our children's heart, you know? But we have to fight and we have to rally. Amen. And we have to pray. Now, One of the things, yeah, uh -huh. I'm interrupting, I'm sorry. One of the things that you shared that was just dawned on me was when you said that God gave Adam the authority to name all the animals because whoever names the thing, right? We're going back to where we started here, but whoever names the thing has the authority because God wanted Adam to have authority over all creation. Just like I got to name my children. Your kids named their kids. You didn't name your grandkids. That was not your authority. It was your, you know, it was your kids' authority to name their own children. And so what we name, we have authority over. And so as I saw that some of the kids' curriculum has new voc you know, vocabulary words, you want your child to go learn vocabulary words in school. And yet I'm seeing these come back with, they have to learn the terms. They're required to learn these terms. And I'm thinking, okay, so this is spiritually what's happening here is they are now required to learn terms to come under and submit to the authority of the spirit, which, you know, indoctrinated this, which named these things. And so it really is a spiritual move. It, it, it puts kids in a 
they're already vulnerable, but it puts them in a weak position because now they're underneath the authority of that thing. So yeah. I, I think everybody understands here that we're, you know, we're going to have to stand for all of the truth. We can't just stand for 99%. If we really call ourselves Christians, then we have to stand for what we've laid our life down for. And I've gained so much strength from you just listening to you today. And then of course, in our previous conversations, I want to point this out. I want us to play the video. We're going to actually play a video of all the different, I mean, this is just beautiful to see all these people standing in the streets. But what I want people to see is the banner, the flags. Yeah. They're going to see the blue and the pink all over the place. And that stood out to me the first time I saw this, of course. But I want to read this. I looked this up, Shauna, because I was like, I know there's a scripture in Psalm 60. Listen to this. Psalm 60, verse 4. You have given miraculous signs to those who love you. As we follow you, we fly the flag of truth. I'm going to say that again. As we follow you, we fly the flag of truth. And all who love the truth will rally to it. Wow. I want us to show this video. And I want people to see, we might have to cut it off a little bit short for time, but I want people to see the rallying of people to the truth. And then I want you to talk about the meaning of the flag when we come back in just a few seconds. Nosotros nos levantamos, hoy nos ponemos de pie. Con certeza te lo digo, no daré la media vuelta hasta que tú te des cuenta que a mis hijos yo los crié. Okay, if you allow me uh, regarding the authority, just to wrap that up. Okay, Jenny, you're right with what you say regarding authority. The prefix for the word authority is author, so the author is the creator. So, who has authority over life? The author of life. Who's the author of life? God. Who named male and female was God. We have given names to our children, that's truth. But who made them boy or girl? It wasn't Come us. On. Mm -hmm. It was God that yeah. was the author of their identity. So they're questioning the authority of its creator. Amen. And secondly, also the authority of the parent that named them. So authority has to deal with the authorship. So who's the author of life? Who's the author of identity? It is God. That's why he uses the word. It's all linked together, you know? So they're trying to create a new authority, a new author of our language by introducing terms. That's why we need to be really uh, alert, really attentive to what right. they're teaching our children because that's called indoctrination. And you said the word, for instance, as an example, the word homophobic isn't actually 
a phobia. It's not in the list of phobias because to be a phobia, it has to be something that creates a visceral response or a panic attack or a breathing issue, something like that. And nobody has been recorded to have a a panic attack when they meet somebody who has a same sex attraction. So, you know, to be even accused of being homophobic is false because that's not even a word. That's an actual word. Okay. So that's an example. It's a term made up up to intimidate the critics, you know, and people are like, oh, what's that? Homophobic. I'm not an homophobic. It's it's like trying to convince an atheist that he's not heretical, you know. An atheist wouldn't care less if you call him a heretic, you know. He'll be like, yeah, so what? I'm a heretic. I'm a Satanist. So what? Because he doesn't believe on any of those terms, you know. For him, that's just religious, you know. It should be the same for us homophobic transfer what's that like it's not even the phobia list i mean that's a made-up term it doesn't mean anything to me it doesn't mean anything yeah that's amazing that's oh go ahead that's okay i was gonna say let after everybody saw this video i mean there's just so much emotion around this because when i see people fill up the streets like that and i see people rally around the family to come and protect the kids i'm just thinking god could you do this for america and we're going to have you pray in just a moment over america that we would have this kind of groundswell happen in our streets in our cities not just in one day in washington dc but in all 50 states on april 13th at the capitol in washington dc of course but also for as long as it takes to turn this thing around so Before I have you pray, and we're going to have to land the plane here on this episode, but I want you to speak to this flag because I just read Psalm 60 and it's, you know, flags are, we can fly the flag of truth. And I believe that that's why you made that flag, the blue and the pink. Can you speak to the symbolism of that flag? Yes, of course. Look, symbolisms are really important. That's why throughout the Bible, the, he, the Lord says, raise the banners, you know, bring the banners, the banners, the banners, the ark, you know, it, it, it symbolizes the presence, you know, they made up this flag, multicolor flag, you know, to challenge identity, saying that we have many identities that are actually made up, you know, and they even use the colors of a rainbow, which is supposed to symbolize, you know, a pact that God did a covenant not to destroy humankind again. And, and, and they use this. We should have likewise a flag, but most people before they just react and they don't know how to react on the flag or the banner realm, you know? That's why we said we cannot fight without our own banner or without our flag. So we wow. must create a flag that actually symbolizes the statement so good. given by God. Ish, Isha in Hebrew, male and female. Mm. He created them. Wow. So even if you notice, our colors are not horizontal. They're vertical, meaning it comes from the top to the bottom, male and female. Come on. Blue and pink. And it's (laughs) vertical because he's aiming, you know, from the top to the bottom, from God to humankind. He made us male. He made us female. And we will raise this flag of the truth, you know. So that's something that really caught, you know, across the continent, because a lot of people, when they understood why we use the flag vertically in just two colors, they said, hey, that's exactly what I defend, male and female. So 
most nations that rallied use this flag, you know? And, 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 and the amazing thing is that the nations that use this flag and they use, in a sense, this strategy have been able to repeal the laws, you know? Why? Because the law also grants grace because we're not fighting on our own terms. We're using his word. We are shields. Yes, that's right. It is his word that we're using. So it's not our battle. It's his battle, you know? So we have the guaranteed success, but we must do what's possible, which is what's on our hands, in order for God to do what's impossible. Okay. That's right. The Lord will not deceive anybody. The Lord right. will not look at us and say, ah, look at these guys. They believe me. <laughs> Let them lose. <laughs> no. The Lord is going to be watching at us and say, wait a minute. They actually believe and they're fighting. Yes. They still remember my word. Yeah. From the yeah. very beginning, I will be with them. And the Lord will send reinforcements. Because reinforcements were not created for quitters or deserters. Yeah. Reinforcements are always reserved for those who keep on fighting to the very end. Wow, man, that's so good. Well, let's have you pray for us because yeah. I want you to pray for this nation, every single person listening. Just receive this prayer and receive a vision. Receive a vision of what you saw there in the video and see the city streets filled up with people, not angry people, not bitter people, yeah. not violent people, but people who are saying, we love the family. We love our nation and we are fighting on our knees, but we're fighting in love. You know, you said that on the first episode is that love is the higher truth. It's, it's higher than pride. It's higher than fear. It's higher than bitterness and anger. So we are just so grateful that God has um, brought this message to our country. And really, we wouldn't have known about it without you, Christian. So thank you so much for that. Would you pray for us, please? Thank you, Jenny. Of course. Dear Lord. Lord of creation, we thank you for the life you have given us and, and for being with us, Lord. I, we ask you to guide us and to please breathe on us your spirit and inspire us to keep the good fight and to bear witness across the nation and across the world of your truth and your word. Lord, give us a wisdom, raise up your church Raise up your people from their slumber. Call them one by one from every single state, from every single corner of this nation. Bless the United States of America as you have throughout all this time. And Lord, I ask you to be with your church in the United States of America that will raise up valiantly and courageously trusting in your promises and trusting in your word, be with them so that it can become a testimony to the whole world of what happens to a nation when they turn their face back to you, Lord. Grant them the grace and the favor that you granted us in Peru and grant them the victory for the victory is yours alone. In your name I pray, amen. 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 That was so powerful. Thank you so much for being with us for these two episodes. Hey, if somebody's listening now and you didn't catch the first episode, go back and listen to this all the way through. This has been so powerful. I am so encouraged. 
I bet you're encouraged too. Okay. Thank you so much. All the way from Lima, Peru, Christian Rosas. We appreciate you and we'll talk to you soon, Christian. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let me tell you how you can get engaged. You can get involved in this movement. Don't mess with our kids. One of the best ways is to share this podcast with the people in your life that you love and care about. Make sure you subscribe so you can get these notifications when we come out with a new episode. Also, mark off on your calendar April 13th, 2024 to stand in your state capitol and pray with other people in your state who truly care about turning this nation back to God. And then in the fall of 2024, we are calling for 1 million women and their families to pray with us, to fast with us, and to stand in Washington, D.C. That date is coming up really soon. One more thing I want to share with you is that every single Monday, we have a live Zoom. And that is something that you can invite anybody onto. We do Q&A, and we want to make sure people are well-informed about this movement. Those of you that are curious about more, go to don'tmesswitharkids.us slash live. You can jump into the live Zoom at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, or you can even click a button that will take you to the replay. Super simple. We are going to gather many women, thousands of women for an Esther immersion. That's going to come up here real quick. And what we're going to do is we're going to prepare one year before the elections. And this year is, this is a critical year, Shauna. I think a lot of people out there understand that. And so we want to show up in Washington, D.C., not just in number. We want to show up in strength. So we're going to pray together. We have some really cool stuff that we're going to do to strengthen the women of America. So there's a lot to this, but it's really super simple. You can catch it all in the show notes down below. Read those show notes so that you can get involved in as much as you can. And we're so grateful you were here today. God bless you. And we'll see you next time.